Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We're talking right now about a wonderful spiritual and healing journey. And my guest is Joan Diver. She is a highly respected leader, an accomplished foundation executive who left an inspiring legacy of social change. She's discussing her new memoir, When Spirit Calls, A Healing Odyssey. And she'll talk about tracing her journey from the Boston Foundation executive to spiritual healer, overcoming both physical and emotional pain and the skepticism of family and friends. And the goal is to encourage others to follow their own path of healing. Seeking common ground has been a constant focus for Joan Diver's life. Starting long before, she was featured in J. Anthony Lucas's Pulitzer Prize-winning book, Common Ground, A Turbulent Decade in the Lives of Three American Families. Welcome, Joan. Thank you so much. I'm privileged to be on your show, Patricia. Well, thank you. Happy to have you. This is quite a journey. Um, why did you leave your job as executive director of the Hyams Foundation to become a spiritual healer? And how difficult was this decision? Uh, it was uh, something I think that had been growing for some time um, as I had started uh, seeing healers myself after having a lot of physical pain and and one thing led to another. And I started having experiences uh, of... Um, of other lives, of other situations, and uh, those experiences led me to uh, the place inside of ourselves where we really hold peace, where we really hold love, and I began to change very dramatically myself, having more confidence, having more trust, uh, feeling that my life was that I could really be led in my life if I allowed myself to be. And I had the experience while I was actually preparing a speech uh, for a local TV station. I was preparing a speech for their kickoff for their public service campaign. And they had asked me to identify three urban problems and offer solutions, which I thought was a rather tall task for anybody. But as I was preparing it... uh, I really got this download. It was like an awareness. I could actually, I actually had a vision of various um, eras and times and realized that the problems that had been with us had been with us forever. And what I heard was that conditions would change only when people began to support one another and share freely without fear of losing something themselves. Mm-hmm. That really our problems were caused by fear and they couldn't be solved by money or ideology. And what we had to do is open our hearts. And in that moment, I began to feel that what I really in my heart wanted to do was to help other people open their hearts, even as I needed to do that myself. And so that idea was opened up. And then a couple of years uh, later, or less than a year actually, uh, I heard about a healer's training program. 
And it sounded interesting, but it wasn't at all clear that it was going to, to happen. But then I was invited on a trip to Egypt. And I just knew that I had to go. And the trip was a meditation journey where we went to temples along the Nile. We also spent time at Mount Sinai. And the last day, we were at the Great Pyramid of Giza. Mm. And we climbed up into the king's chamber where there was a sarcophagus. And each Mm. of us was allowed three minutes in this sarcophagus to really receive guidance. And Did you hear anything? And what I heard actually came from within me. It was Mm. a commitment. Mm. It was a commitment to go forth and do it. (laughs) And I didn't know what that was. it was. (laughs) But... I knew that something was up. (laughs) And so, Patricia, when I got home, there were just all these signs, uh, you know, that uh, I had this sermon arrive in the mail that said, Dare You Be Transformed, and then Mm. I got an invitation to do a healing service at an Episcopal church that Mm. I had never been to, and I'd never done a healing service, and then I learned that this uh, healing training was going to happen, you get the drift. Uh, It just hit Mm. me over the head. And Mm. so the difficulty was, you know, in letting go, but absolutely this absolute confidence that this is what I needed to do. And, so uh, so let, but now, when you did this, uh, at that point, did you then leave your job after this? Yes, yes. Mm. So I left my job. Uh, I announced 10 days uh, after I uh, returned from Egypt that I would resign. I had been there for 18 years. I was at the top of my career. Uh, I was kind of head of everything in town. (laughs) And uh, I just announced why I was leaving, and I left that summer. Okay, I have a question for you. I have a question. Pardon me? Here's a question for you. Was that a... Did that mean in leaving the position, beside leaving the work, was there going to be a downgrade in terms of your financial stability and security? Not in a significant way, yes. I I lost a significant salary, but mm-hmm. I have a husband who, uh, who works. And uh, as it turned out, the very day that I gave my notice, he was asked by the University of Pennsylvania if he would be considered for the deanship at the oh, law wow. that wow. was being open. And I was mm. free for the first time in 18 years to leave. Mm. And so, yes, there was a financial loss, but uh, it wasn't as if I was in any kind of poverty situation. It was, it was just how I was being led. And mm. uh, I had to give up that you know, nice extra... Yeah, that we but had. It sa- but. but it sounds like with what he had, it, there was some of the makeup. It got made up a little bit with him advancing. So it was almost really meant to be. It was totally meant to be. It was totally meant to be. And I don't even remember what the finances were because he had been dean at BU Law School. But, you know, it was kind of irrelevant, to be honest. It wouldn't have mattered because... I knew it was a call and I had to right. do it. And, and, no and I'm what. asking you that for a very specific reason. Yes. Because there are a lot of people that do their calling and they starve. 
and yes. and, and they have a lot of trouble financially, but they believe mm-hmm. in it so much they keep going. And that's mm-hmm. the reason I asked you that question. Sure, sure. Yeah, we all have different situations. Uh, and in my situation, you know, I was supported in that in that choice. I recognized that I was supported in that choice and that what I had to give up was uh, I had to give up my job that I loved <laughs> and then I had to get up, give up the city that I loved and move to a strange place mm-hmm. and uh, then, you know, move into this whole new life that um, uh, brought about challenges for me physically. I mean, it had physical challenges, but then as I uh, moved into the... Uh, this new life as a spiritual healer, um, my body made all kinds of adjustments and I found myself in Uh pain once again. So I think we all have our journeys and our challenges. Absolutely. And they show up in different ways. Yes, amazing. And and so courageous, you know, so courageous really to to follow your path and, and know you're supported and you were supported. Was it a positive experience being one of the subjects in this Pulitzer Prize winning book, Common Ground, A Turbulent Decade in the Lives of Three Families? Uh, It was something that I hesitated very much to do in the first instance. Uh, We had just moved out of the south end of Boston to a nearby suburb, and we had been very devoted to the city life, but the problems were piling up, and uh, we we were finding it difficult. It was the time of desegregation, uh, but the schools weren't the only issue. There was just a lot of unrest, and uh, we were just having to deal with, in our particular neighborhood that we actually loved, uh, problems of crime and problems of a school that was already integrated before the judge's ruling came down, and they changed the school, and so everything felt like it was falling apart. And it was just an emotional, it was emotionally draining to the point that we just felt that we had to move. And in retrospect, mm-hmm. I think it was a call, because mm-hmm. we no sooner landed in this, na- in this suburb, I think it might have been less than two months afterward, when the author of the book that was to become Common Ground (laughs) arrived on our doorstep. And Mm. he wanted to write a book about Boston during the 10 years after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. And he wanted to focus at that time just on busing, but the book became bigger. And he was going to write through the lives of three families, a poor black family, a poor Irish family, and the divers. And wow. uh, that's what he wanted to do. But what why he did he choose both why did he choose both of you? Why? Well, what was the reason? He, this is very interesting. He was looking for a suburban family. He wasn't looking for a family with city experience because his original concept was I'll have a suburban family that the readers can really relate to, and there's this issue going on in the, the town that we lived in, Newton, uh, where there was a voluntary busing program. So he had mm-hmm. interviewed 35 to 40 families, and he oh. never found any drama. He found a lot of commitment, but he didn't find a story. And when he met with us, 
that first night, I'll never forget it, his eyes just got bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, here I was. I was a foundation executive working on urban issues every day of my life. We'd lived in this inner city neighborhood. My husband worked for the city. Uh, I... um, had been highly influenced by Howard Thurman, who was a spiritual mentor to civil rights leaders. And so he just, you know, he, his eyes were popping. And I was, I was, you know, not ready and willing to do this because I, I was still feeling the pain of leaving the city, the guilt of mm-hmm. it, the, uh, the, um, the grief of it. Joan, tell us some of the work that you started to do as a result of all this. You know, all of this that you went through, not just what it taught you, but how did you then do this work as a healer? Tell us about the work and how you help people. Well, originally the work that I was trained to do uh, helped people to connect with uh, what I'm going to call the divine inside, uh, that place of love and peace and forgiveness. And the work originally was guided work that helped uh, people come in contact with uh, instances, experiences, stories that would lift up for them whatever it was that stood between them and that place within themselves, that they could release that, that they could uh, become freer, that they could experience this uh, peace inside. So that was the first work that I did. And uh, I would see people for four or five days in a row for three, three hours a day. It was very intense work and extremely transformative. And over time, I just started doing more uh, energy work where people could come for an hour or so. Um, and uh, at this, uh, and with that work, it was tr- very transformative as let well. Me, let me ask you, do you find that, uh, you know, in being, doing healing work, that a lot of these emotions, the traumas, the difficulties, that's all held in the body? and that you were able to, through your work, help release some of that. Yes? Uh, yes, absolutely. And uh, it's very interesting. You don't always uh, have to know what it is. <laughs> in my early work, it, it, it revealed itself and named itself. But now you can you know, just be very present to that person with, with your love and, and observe how those changes can take place. I've... Uh, over time, uh, uh, help people who had severe depression, even suicidal in a couple of cases, uh, or just people who are going through incredible um, difficulties in their lives that have caused mm-hmm. them to kind of panic, if you will, mm-hmm. and to just you know bring that bring that out to a more mm. peaceful place. Yeah. So yes, healing is very, very powerful and mm-hmm. uh, it can take us to new places if we're willing. Right. All right, we're going to take a break on that note. My guest is Joan Diver. Her book is When Spirit Calls a Healing Odyssey. And uh, Joan is, well, When Spirit Calls is at once an adventure story and a meditation on the healing journey that traces Joan Diver's odyssey from a Boston Foundation executive to a spiritual healer. 
It's inspired by the wisdom of great spiritual teachers from the East and the West. And in our, we'll be coming right back, and she's sharing her journey through urban violence, family crisis, physical pain, and spiritual awakening. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer-Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human, with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests are people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back. My guest is Joan Diver. She is a highly respected leader and accomplished foundation executive who left an inspiring legacy of social change. And she's discussing her new memoir, When Spirit Calls a Healing Odyssey, which traces her journey as an executive to spiritual healer, overcoming physical and emotional pain, skepticism from friends, and how she encourages others really to go on their own path of healing. Welcome back, Joan. Thank you. All right, so let's talk about this. I mean, you know, I'm sure your family went, what do you mean you're leaving a job that you've had for so many years <laughs> in your soap, right? Uh, people, do you hear this all the time? You know, why are you taking this risk? Why are you doing this? Because we're following our heart. We're following our course. 
What are some tools that you'd like to offer to people who are doing just that, who are following their heart and their journey and their soul mission, but know there's risk involved? What are some Uh tools you would help them with? Well, um, I think the big tool is to listen. And that's something that we need practice uh, as we're listening to our heart, you know, where it's actually trying to take us and to have the courage to go there. I think we, we often say, oh, that couldn't possibly be so. Uh, I, I can't really do that, even though my heart wants me to do it, and I may really want to do it because, as you say, of, of the risks that are involved. And uh, I think it all takes practice. It's like taking that step. Uh, It can be a little step, you know, just something small in one's life that one wants to do. And stepping into that and seeing how it feels and developing confidence. Uh, For me, uh, I was able to do this, I think, because I got help. And I got help from healers, from spiritual counselors, uh, who were invaluable to me uh, in pointing the way and showing me what was standing in my way of moving forward on a particular path without fear. Uh, Because I think what happens is that uh, the spiritual journey uh, is one of bringing up that which stands between us and the call of our heart. And the call of our heart is, is really ultimately calling us to, to love. But we don't really know how to do that. And so whatever help we can get uh, to, to help to see what uh, is standing in the way, I think is very important. We have to be willing to seek help. We also need to find quiet in our own lives. So Joan, what do you listen. think? What do you think was standing in your way that that your counselors helped you to see? Ah, uh, 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 fears, mm. fears, and in my case, I I can point to you know specific healings where. Uh, in, in my case, and this wouldn't be true of everybody necessarily, but in my case, the first, the first huge breakthrough was a past life where I had really done something terrible and then experiencing this enormous love and forgiveness. So who knows whether that was an allegory or that was something real that happened, but whatever it was, it was liberated. And when it was liberated, I became a much more confident person. And I found that I could speak much more freely with the words coming really from my heart. It happened that that happened right before Common Ground came out. And, you know, I had a public role at that time. And I was able to step into it. So, so, and when I've, I've worked with other people, I can see that there will be a relationship issue that comes up. Uh, all the places where we hold ourselves apart from somebody else or something, uh, some events, some, 
some experience. Those are the places that stand in our way. And we all have them. We just do. We have layers and layers and layers and layers of them. And, uh, you know, it's over a course of a lifetime that we can, we can move through this. But uh, finding, you know, quiet time to meditate, to contemplate, to, you know, look at the mountains, the sky, <laughs> the ocean, yeah. wherever we are on the planet, uh, and recognize the great beauty that surrounds us mm-hmm. and um, trying to find peace in that. So what would you say that... is, well, you know, it does. What would you say is the greatest joy of the work you do? What brings you the most joy? Oh, <laughs> the greatest joy is uh, seeing what happens for people, you know, the transformation, uh, it's just extraordinary. And with the publication of the book, I'm going to be doing less of it so that I can be speaking as I am today or doing whatever the book requires, but hoping that, um, the book will touch people in the same way. And, uh, Actually, I've just been getting wonderful emails and letters and calls from people, some people I don't even know, about mm. something that has shifted in their lives. So I think that's wow. what healing is about. It's about shifting something, something that we may have not even realized that mm. we were doing, but, but moving to a new, a new place. And if, if we can all do this, you know, we can create a world that is full of a much more loving world. I think that's true. I think what's the challenge is changing some of those old core beliefs mm-hmm. that are so embedded in us from childhood. Yes. yes. That's, uh, yes. And I think if you can do that, when they don't serve you, um, then you really open yourself up. But it does, does take a lot of inner work. Yes, we have a lot of self-judgments, don't we? <laughs> and we, 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 we think that, you know, we're supposed to act in a certain way, but what we discover is that to be freer is to be much more productive uh, because we're allowing much more in uh, to support us. So, uh, and to be vulnerable, right? To be, to be yes, vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to be vulnerable because you have to see the places that are vulnerable <laughs> before, right, right. you know, you can move beyond them. I always say we have to face our fears. We have to face our fears. We have to move through them. Um, you know, we can't jump over them. Um, exactly. We have to see those places. You know, in writing this book, that was a 24-year journey. And a mm-hmm. lot of it was, what are people going to say? You know, what are they going to think? What are they going to mm-hmm. You know, and getting over that to say, okay, you can, you can come forth with your truth and you're going to be okay. But, Absolutely. you know, that took a lot of healing to be able to do that. Yeah, I agree. What is, how can people find your book and what is your closing message for our listeners? We have about a minute. Uh, well, the book can be found uh, through your local bookstore. If they don't have it, it can be ordered. Of course, there's always Amazon. And um, my, my closing message is to really invite people to listen to that little quiver that is going on if they're listening. And, and what, is it, what is it opening up? What is it saying? Uh, how, are you, how, are you being, how are you being led in this moment? 
are you being uh, uh, invited to go on your own healing journey or to continue in a new way on your healing journey so that you can find that place of peace that can sustain you even in your chaotic moments. Uh, you know, we, we live in, uh, in chaotic times. It's a period of great transition. And we all need to be connected to that place inside that gives us and our world what is waiting for us, and that is the gift of love. Thank you so much for being on the program. Really, really Thank appreciate you. it, Joan. So Joan Diver, and the, and the website is? www.joandiver.com. Thanks so much. Stay on the line for a minute. That wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Be inspired every day, and I know this interview is very inspiring. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.